Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. There's something about water. It sets the mood of rest, calm, solace, whether it is poolside. Uh, Becky, uh, Rebecca, I'm sorry, Rebecca and Pastor Jose, my eldest son, they paid for my wife and I to go on vacation. Uh, we took four days off and they um, generously paid for us to go. And we were so happy that they did that. And then Becky was Becky and them kids wake up at six o'clock in the morning on vacation. And I ain't never do vacation like that before. And she had an itinerary. And I was like, this is a vacation though, right? Like she like, no, we got we gonna we got stuff to do, I got a schedule, we're going out, we're gonna be by poolside at this time, and where are we gonna so so uh, we were so grateful. But the point was that we got to sit out by the pool on vacation facing the water. And it seems that for just a moment when whether you are, um, regardless of whether it's the shore at the beach, whether you are at a lake or at a river, if you're facing the water, for some reason, it feels like time just stops and you get to say, <sighs> and then you, what is the next thing you do? You take a picture of your toes and then you post it. <laughs> Everybody does that. Oh, life. Look at me. Look how great this is. Somebody say plot twist. Come on, say plot twist. Are you ready? According to the CDC in the United States, there are over 30, I'm sorry, 3,500 fatalities related to water activities. If we zoom out and we take a look globally, that number increases 230,000 fatalities, most of them due to drownings. Wow, Pastor, what a way to damper the mood and suck the air out of the room. What's your point, Pastor? See, the view and the feel of an ocean, a river, a lake, pool is relaxing. It's restful, peaceful when we respect and adhere to its natural laws. Oceans, rivers, lakes, pools can all be enjoyed to our heart's content. But if you treat oceans, rivers, lakes, and pools with disregard, it can cost you your life. They, oceans, rivers, lakes, pools, aren't good nor bad. They simply are. They have laws that if not followed can have adverse effects. No one will pack their car, pack their kids, drive two hours to arrive at a beach to point to the beach and say, bad ocean. Bad, bad pool, bad river, bad lake. It's absurd. It's absurd to say anything of that nature. Why? 
because in your practical and rational minds, you approach water with a certain level of care, reverence, and respect. Especially if you can't swim. Anybody here can't swim? Anybody? Anybody here that can't swim? Yeah. Okay, you can't swim. Can't swim. He can swim with a float. Can't swim. Can't swim. Okay, there. Okay, guys, we're going to have an altar call after the service so you can repent of your sins. So for those that can't swim, you have a respect for water. My son-in-law can't swim, and I am I can't wait to finish the pool at the house so my son-in-law and I can swim. Yes. <laughs> no. But but in all seriousness, in all seriousness. Michael, please. You 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 hijacked our meeting. Not not the sermon. But but if if you can't swim, you respect water. If you use caution and you follow simple laws while in the water, you can have a most wonderful, relaxing, and memorable time. Do you agree? If you approach water with disregard, you'll soon find yourself in a potential life-threatening experience. Pastor, where are you going with this? All right. Are you all getting the water analogy? Are you understanding it? It's not good. It's not bad. It simply is. It has laws. You respect the laws, you're going to be fine. You violate those laws, you're going to be in trouble. I want you to hear this video while we're going to play. I want you to hear the I want you to hear the conversation. Hear the conversation. And this is why I wanted to have this conversation with you. Oh, it's just information I want to share so that I could base the teaching I'm doing next Sunday. So follow me carefully. Let's watch the video. You believe in God? So in the West, there's <laughs> two-thirds of scientists pray to a personal God on the expectation it will intervene in their day's affairs. But I can tell you this, productive scientists do not bring their, their Bible, their scripture, their holy books into the lab because they do not mix there. So they draw a line in the sand mm -hmm. and they do one in one place, then they worship on the weekend, Saturday or Sunday, whatever is your, your religious tradition, there. So to ask whether they can coexist, the answer is, yeah, is empirically Yes. I didn't ask that. I asked, do, you, people, do me, you believe in God? Every description of God that I've heard holds God to be uh, all-powerful, very typical, and all-good. And then I look around, and I see a tsunami that killed a quarter million people in Indonesia, an earthquake that killed a quarter million people in Haiti. And I see earthquakes and tornadoes and disease, childhood leukemia. And I see all of this, and I say, I do not see evidence of both of those being true simultaneously. If there is a God, the God is either not all powerful or not all good. Mm, Can't be both. Good answer. My question of the year. So, so, I'm, so, I'm, so I'm, if you have good evidence, I'm good for it, but I'm, I'm evidence-driven. You need evidence. More You're than scientist. I'm faith-driven. Yeah. Faith yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to know. Chelsea Handler interviewing the astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson on Netflix. Not plugging, I'm just simply acknowledging and giving them credit for that interview. Uh, if you listen further, 
you listen to more details um, in their banter. But he said, I do not see evidence of God being all good or all powerful. And his reason for it was because of the natural disasters and the diseases. So he saw no intervention. And for this reason, then God, therefore, can't be all good or all powerful. And he states that God isn't all good because the earthquake, the tsunamis, and the diseases kill people. He states that there is no evidence of God because these things happen. My point today isn't trying to propose an evidence for God's existence as much as I, I want us to keep focus on the effects of violating laws both spiritual and natural. Are you with me? Yes. Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 9. We've read this before. The Lord says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Engineers in the house. Yeah. Okay. We, ha we have, I think we have three or four engineers in this particular church. Yep. And it's annoying. <laughs> annoying. Yes. Annoying to have engineers in the church because my goodness do they need data <laughs> for everything. <laughs> But gravity has its laws. When these laws are violated, a risk of something bad happening doesn't make gravity bad. It simply is. Fire can be used to cook, to heat up a home, to light up a home. You get a response that is contingent on your approach. Electricity, too, can be used to cook, to heat up a home for lighting. Now we use electricity for travel. There are millions of good uses for electricity. But if you violate its laws, again, you're going to get a response. Electricity, fire, gravity, isn't good or bad it simply is are you getting me are you understanding that the ocean isn't good nor bad it simply is your approach is going to yield a response are you getting that everybody you're getting it young folk are you getting it? Yes. We only have three young people here? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Somebody said I'm young in spirit. <laughs> Unlike Dr. G, I, I enjoy pressing my clothes. You heard Dr. G last week say, I don't like doing all that. I enjoy pressing my clothes. When uh, my kids were younger, uh, there's something for me as a 
as a dad or as a man, I don't know if there are, my other brothers share this, but I enjoy when I'm pressing my clothes. I enjoy ironing a razor sharp crease on my sleeves. Anybody else? Men, fellow, no? Guys don't do it? Just one other? Look. Huh? Rob said right here. He just looked at me. He was like. There's something annoying about having someone else press your shirt and then you end up with three or four. Look. I die, die, die. But listen. There's not there's nothing more enjoyable than that. Or whether it's a a crease in your pant leg. One day I was pressing my clothes and I was careless. My son Jose was about four or five years old and he tipped over the ironing board and the iron fell on the palm of his hand. Now, this child simply looked at me like when he's trembling and I'm looking at him and there's no reaction from either of us. And it was just, we were both in shock until he finally yelled and I reached over and I grabbed this thing can anybody guess what happened to his palm? The iron isn't bad, nor good. It simply is. See, carelessness around a child put him in danger. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Are, are you really getting this? I, I told you this is not about who been hollering. I'm depositing some information to you. We're talking all year. The theme is, what is the theme of the year? I'm loved. I'm loved. And then I gave you two, three Sundays on learning about the one who loves you. Learning about the one who loves you. So I bring all of this up because I want you to be thinkers in your faith. I want you to fill your hearts with rational propositions, especially when it comes to the things of God. We have way too many believers, Christians in the world that are moving with a lot of craziness and then they attribute it to God. And I want you to understand God doesn't make you crazy. He makes you rational. To be a deep thinker. Thank you, George. To be a deep thinker. When we think about God's love, God's love isn't man love. That's why I wanted it to specifically say God love. God's love isn't human love. It is God love. 1 Timothy chapter 6, 16. Nubia, I sent you this for translation. I just texted to you. I'm sorry. Uh, she's translating, but I did. I texted that to you. Uh, I did it just right before she's giving me the look, but I'm sorry. Primera de Timoteo. Right? 1 Timothy chapter 6, 16. But we have the scripture here. 
Are you ready? Yes. Read with me. He alone can never die. And he lives in light. Stop. And he lives in light. So that let me repeat that again because I don't think you're awake. And he lives in light. And he lives in light. All right, this side over here. And he lives in light. In light that is brilliant that no human eye has ever seen him nor ever will that's the other part no human eye has ever let me say that again no and if you have an uncle, an aunt, a, a, a mama, a papa that is always telling you, I saw God. I saw God. I saw God. He lying. He crazy. <laughs> Scripture says, no human eye has if there's a prophet, evangelist, a teacher, a preacher, a pastor, I saw God last night and I have a word for you. He crazy. Because scripture says, no human has ever seen him, nor Are you listening to that? All honor and power to him forever. That's called sovereignty. Somebody say sovereignty. sovereignty. That means superior. Supreme. Moses was the only man that came closest to seeing any part of God. Moses demanded, before you move me, before you move me, you must assure me that your presence will be with me. For if your presence doesn't move with me, do not move me. I don't want to go anywhere. Interesting how many people want to move and then ask God, hey, can you meet me there? Be careful. Go get the boyfriend on your own. Get the girlfriend on your own. Here he is. Here she is. I goes, I was a part of that to begin with. Now you're in the mess. Okay. All right, let me move on. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that part. All right, all right. And God tells Moses, if you see my face, it'll kill you. L listen to his response. God tells Moses, I, I can't show you. If, if I show you and he's just asking to see his glory, his essence. And God is saying, no, if you see it, it's going to kill you. It'll kill you. Your human eyes are incapable of seeing me. Do you know the God you serve? No, do you know the God you serve? I'm sorry. Do you know the God you serve? We're singing, you are my champion, you are my champion, but do you know the kind of champion he is? 
Are you understanding the privilege that you have to be called his son or his daughter? This is not about a religion. This is about a way of this is about a way of life, a hope that we have over the rest of the world. Are you getting that? Are you sure? So you know what Moses, you know what God told Moses? I, I'm going to let you get a glimpse of me. I'll let you get a glimpse of me. Just my back. But in order for you to just see my back, I have to make special provisions. I have to make, I have to place you in the crevice of a stone so you can see the magnitude of just my back. Do you understand that God, you get to call Abba? No. Do you understand that God, you get to call Abba, Daddy? He gives you that privilege. He gives you that honor. Numbers 23, 19. I read this before. God, it's not He's not a what? So he does not lie. He is not human. So what God isn't? What God isn't? And he is what? He's not a man and he is not human. Carlos, right? He's not what? (laughs) And a human. Are you getting this? I need you to understand this. Parents, When you're teaching your children, your children need to learn early in their childhood how to reverence the almighty God you serve. The reason our children are leaving in droves to experiment with other faiths is because they can't believe what you don't believe. They can't reverence what you don't reverence. Are you listening? Are you paying attention? Bible says that he does not change his mind. He doesn't flip-flop. So why do you think God wanted his creation to know this little detail about himself? Why? Why do you think that would be so important for God to know that, hey, I'm not a man. I'm not human. I'll tell you why. He wants us to know that he doesn't function by the different laws that a human has to function. Are you getting that? No, are you, are you really getting that? No, are you wrapping your head around that? I need you to know I'm not, when you're praying to me, you're not praying to a human. When you're crying out to me in your need and your despair, you're not crying out to a human. I am God Almighty. I am God Almighty. Are you getting that? Are you sure? We cannot reduce God to our humanness. Do I sound angry? I'm sorry. I didn't mean I was passionate. I just, I don't want to be... Alexis, I'm not angry. I'm sorry. Because I know she's going to tell me, you sound so angry. I'm sorry. I was just passionate about this. 
I'm sorry, okay. But we can't reduce God to, to our humanness. God isn't woke. He's not. Doesn't care about being politically correct. This is why, this is why I talked, I, I said that the title of this message is what? When God love hurts. When God love hurts. There's not one person in here that uh, Becky and I, I was doing this and that. I was, so whenever I'm preparing a message, I, I, I sometimes, I'll call my kids sometimes and I'll say, hey man, I, I want to I ask you a question. Don't think too hard about this. Don't think too deep about it. So, but Becky and I, we were having this conversation and Becky got deep, 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 deep. Like, I'm like, oh, hey, it was just a simple, simple question. So I'm going to ask Adrian, yo, Adrian, um, when you eat, you ever ate, have you eaten uh, a four count strip meal from Chick-fil-A? Huh? Yes, with the, with the, with the Chick-fil-A sauce or what's, what's the sauce you like? Polynesian. Oh, somebody else over here? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You like the Chick-fil-A, huh? Chick-fil-A sauce. Anybody else? Huh? Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah. His wife don't like the. I don't eat that. I eat vegetables. <laughs> but I asked Becky this question. I said, and Adrian, I'll ask you: You ever sit down to think and to suffer and to think about the suffering of chicken? And we're not being. Listen, huh? <laughs> nope. I need the chicken and give me more. <laughs> but do you ever sit down to think about the suffering? Yes. Rob said he does, as he is wiping his mouth. No, no, no. But but in all seriousness, and Becky said, you know what? I never think about that. But I do. I see them. In, I see the trucks with the with the chicken in in cages. And they and they they know where they're going and. And I'm right behind. I'm ordering a number four. <laughs> but could you listen? Could you think about how savage that is. Think about it. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. I want you to understand that God isn't man. God isn't human. Therefore, his love is far deeper than we can ever imagine or wrap our head around. 31, we're going to read nine verses. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If, 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 who, 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 God is who can be, who can ever, just, just that alone, write it down, get it tattooed to your face. No, don't do that. 
Next one. Since he did not spare even his own son, but he gave him up for us. Human love can't do that. Listen, I love my kids, and there have been many times where I've wanted to sacrifice them, but I couldn't. I just couldn't. I love them. I love my kids with all of their flaws. I love my kids. The Bible says, who what? He didn't spare his only son and he what? He gave him up for you. He did that for you. For you. And he gave him up for all. Well, listen, won't he also give us everything else? What are you believing for? What are you praying for? And you're sitting there, questioning, doubting. Let's keep reading. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Who? Who? Not your mom, not your dad, not the uncle, not the aunt, not the grandma, not the the pastor. Are you listening? No one. No one can accuse you for himself. Who did it? Himself has given us what has he given you? What has he given you? What has he given you? And the reason I said to you that I wanted to give you information today is because there's a lot of places where you go and you get a good word or a good message. I want to give you some information so that you could walk in this truth instead of walking around in your life in guilt. Just guilt, burden, and weight about how unworthy you are. God himself made you right. God himself did that. Where God himself has given you right standing with himself next then will condemn us. No one. For Christ Jesus. Are you understanding? The, listen, as many times as you have been here in this ministry, you will hear me preach the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. Why? Because it needs to be at the forefront of your walk as a believer, as a Christian. It is because of what he did that I could live in the freedom of what he paid for. Are, are, you, are you understanding that? For Christ Jesus died for us and then was raised to life for us again. And he is... So you got to get this part. You got to get this part. Are you, are you hearing me? Yes. Everybody got me? Yes. All right. Rodney, you got me, Rodney? Yes. Okay. And he is sitting where? Where does he sit? Where is that place of honor? What's he doing? What's he doing? You ever think about why would he need to plead for us? Huh? Because we're sinners? See, God isn't human nor man. So God doesn't know sin. Never experienced sin. Can't come close to sin. He is 
repulsed by sin. But because he loved you and he loved you so much, then he sent the son, the part of him that he sends to earth to become as sin. So now there is one who is qualified because see, God doesn't have human awareness like you and I have. But so he sends his son, Jesus, and Jesus experienced temptation, but he never sinned. But he experienced what it was like. So now he has one who is qualified at the right hand of the father. Come here, son. Come here. Come here. Sit right here in this sub. Right here. Am I out of the image? I'm, I'm, I need to be... Okay. And then he sits and he reminds and he reminds him, Dad, that's hard. That's hard. I walked that before. That's hard. And God in his righteous and his judgment and his right to judge. His right to judge. Why? And the violation of our laws and the things that we violate. There's one that pleads for you and says, I know how hard that walk is. I know how hard I walked it. I experienced it, Dad. Dad. And then what does the father do? He turns to the son and he doesn't see you. He sees the son. Oh, man, you got to get excited about that. Don't you ever get so arrogant that you think it has anything to do with, with, with anything you could ever do. No matter how hard you pray, it will never outdo the price of the cross. No matter how much you give, and please continue giving. It will never outdo the price of the cross. Are you getting that? Let's keep reading. Can anything, somebody needs to hear this. Man, somebody, you got you to gotta read this and understand it and eat it and, 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 and take it in. Listen, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Now listen to this question because this is where some of you, this is where some of you guys miss it. And the reason I say some of you guys miss it is because I hear the prayer request that you write to me and I'm like going, ah, you're not getting it. You're not understanding it. Does it mean that he no longer loves you if we have trouble? If we have calamity? Next. Or are persecuted? Or hungry? or destitute or in danger or threatened with death doesn't mean that he stopped loving you man our human experiences aren't God's experiences keep reading as the scripture says for your sake we are killed every day we are being slaughtered like sheep but then he, he responds and he says no despite hunger despite calamity despite what you are experiencing these things overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us so yes you may be experiencing hurt 
calamity and danger and you're, you're, and, and you're probably experiencing even the point of death, it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that he stopped loving you. But he says that despite those things, yes. man, you are victorious. Yes. You are, man, you got to get excited about that. Let's keep reading. This is Paul, and he says in his writing, I am what? Convinced. convinced. I'm convicted by this. That means that nothing could, nothing could, nothing could, could persuade me or, or make me waver in my thought. I am convinced that nothing could ever separate us. Listen, nothing. Look at the person saying nothing. Look at the person behind you say nothing. Nothing. Ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons. Yeah, there's love for people that have demons. And I'm sorry, but some churches are teaching some crazy things. God can't love him. Why? Because he's demon-possessed. Well, God loves him more. Why? Because he doesn't love with your love. He loves with his love. And his love isn't man love. It's God love. Continue. Neither our fears for today, for our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can what? Oh, pastor, we need to do a conference on spiritual warfare. No, get to know God. If you get to know God, then you know the victory that you abide and dwell in. Amen. Let everybody else have a, 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 a conference on, on spiritual warfare. I just want to get to know my God more. The more I know God, the more I know him, the more I know him, the more I know about him, the more information I have about him. Then I know, wait a minute. No, Satan, you can't come near my children. You can't come near my home. You can't come near my house. You can't come. Why? Because I know my God. And what do I know about my God? He is not human. Come on. And he is not man. Man, that's good news. Keep reading. Nothing for everyone. No power in the sky, above, or in the earth, below. Indeed, is that everything I have, guys? Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is there more? God loves you. I think those are my those are my uh, those are my notes. Those are my notes. Those are my notes. That was point number one. God loves, God loves you, number one, despite your troubles, despite your calamity, and despite your persecutions. Did you get, did you get that? That's point number one. No, no, I think you need to hear this again. God loves you, not with human love and not with man love, but with God love. Despite your troubles and your calamity and persecutions, loves you see when these things come your way we have to fight the human urge to think that we aren't loved 
And when we are facing calamity, when we are facing danger, when we are facing troubles, we have to stop asking ourselves, is there anything wrong that I've done? You must be punishing me for something. Those are human experiences that you're experiencing here on earth. And God goes, no, my child, I love you. Despite what you're experiencing, I love you. Is anyone getting that? Point number two. There is none, nor there'll ever be anyone who could stand in the presence of God as an accuser. Somebody needs to hear that. No one can stand in the. Did you hear where God? Where did you hear where Jesus stands? Where does Jesus stand? This is why Paul is convinced to say, can anyone accuse us? Why? Because he knows where Jesus is. Where is Jesus? At the place of honor. Where is the place of honor? At the right hand of the Father. And none, listen, none will ever have that place of honor but Jesus. So no one can ever accuse you as long as Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Do you think anyone could ever supplant him or move him from that place? It's never going to happen. It's never, listen, it's never going to happen. Listen, it's never going to happen. Amen. Stop living in this self-condemnation, condemning yourself of not being worthy of his love or not being qualified to be loved because of your current circumstances that are drowning you. Stop it. Tell the person next to you, stop it. I want you to listen to me and I want you to listen to me good. That's grammatically correct. To my laws. Listen to me and listen to me good. When you come to Christ and you repent of your sins and you ask to be forgiven of your sins, he forgives you with God forgiveness. Let me say that again. He forgives you with what? God forgiveness. Not human forgiveness. This is why it's important. Husbands and wives, I... I this is not a tour better moment, but I, I got to give you this. The reason I got to grow in my walk with Christ is so that I could learn how to continue to forgive Becky with God forgiveness, not my forgiveness. Why? Because every part of my kind of forgiveness would put us into trouble. Are you getting that? This is why Becky has to grow in her walk with, not because we're going to church and we're, no, because her walk with Christ teaches her that what forgiving me has to be done with God forgiveness not her forgiveness you getting that it's why because as a parent it teaches me to forgive my children with God forgiveness and I know I'm going to get a phone call God forgiveness remember (laughs) Alexis Jose it's it's, it's God forgiveness I I don't think you're getting that When we repent of our sins and we ask God for forgiveness, he forgives us with God forgiveness, not human forgiveness. God makes you in right standing with himself. Only God can do that. Not a church, not a pastor. Are you listening? Not a movement, 
not a faith, not a denomination, God and only God alone. My last point, number three. No one in the entire world can do what God did in his God love. No one in the entire world can do what God did in his God love. No man that lives by rational human law would ever give up his son, his child, as a sacrifice for others. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. Where is Marcos? Do you love your child? Huh? Huh? Do you love your child? I do. Would you sacrifice your child over your wife? Although he stuttered there for a second because she's next to him. It's a trick question. Huh? I would not. I'm sorry, but I'm going to ask your wife to say, would you? Jazz? Would you sacrifice your child? Huh? Huh? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You hear that? Now, if he were to ask me, <laughs> which one of the three? <laughs> one of the three. What time of the year? Tax season? <laughs> no, in all seriousness, John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. Stand to your feet. The Bible says, For God loved the world so much listen so much that he gave his one and only son that 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 everyone everyone who believes in him will not perish but have what eternal life, eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge did you hear that? Did you hear Jesus' assignment? It was to save the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against, 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 can you read this with me, please? There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.